0: April Fools, how are you everybody? Thank you for joining us. This is the Supermarcato Brothers video game music podcast. What's up everybody? Once again, this is the podcast where we share and
1: discuss the very best in video game music. Thanks a lot for joining us guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann.
0: And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Hopefully we got you again there this year. This is our second year in a row where we've done an April Fool's. Hopefully we tricked you. But uh, yeah, last year, if you remember, we did an episode on bad music. So we did some of the worst <laughs> video game music ever. And both ironically enough, that was one of my favorite episodes to do. Just yeah. purely on entertainment level, it was so well, fun. Because we talked about the entire spectrum mm-hmm. of bad. You know, mm-hmm. it was... Uh, Things that were just poorly composed, no. things that were like ear vomit. Yeah. Today's episode is called "Bad Games with Good Music," yeah. and this is a
1: topic that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And honestly, this playlist has been kind of sitting for over a year because we were like, you know what? Let's wait until next April Fool's to do this episode. So this is such a this is a playlist that I'm just both of us are very excited to share with everybody. So all the games uh, that we're featuring music from today are considered to be pretty bad games. Some of them <laughs> quite terrible, right. but the music is good on all these tracks. So At, I mean it's going to be a lot definitely. of
0: fun. Yeah, that, that's sort of the difference is last year our playlist was uh uh quite intentionally unbearable (laughs) it was a torture for us and this year um this is actually going to be one of the playlists that i know carl's been looking forward to for a long time yeah
1: no there's some amazing tracks on this place some absolutely beautiful modern stuff right um some really well done old school what you just heard there that was from the nes that was from the game dragon's lair which is um so considered to be a pretty terrible game oh yeah um but pretty good music and that's that's dragons called the lair. forest See, dragon's
0: lair is known for being an fmv kind of game in yes, the arcades absolutely you know it had animation by these disney guys and it was like really beautifully animated but i do and know that the nes port of the nes game you can't have, have full that. motion video the controls were really clunky oh, and most people could barely get past the first screen so this will be another fun I, i'm already looking
1: forward to all the comments that we're going to get uh i i would expect that this week we're going to get at least a couple
0: comments of hey that game isn't bad so yeah a disclaimer we're not necessarily claiming all these games are bad these are games that are considered to Mm -hmm. be bad and i think uh this opens up an interesting discussion um, because we often talk about how the music can be something to elevate the experience can be something to make the game better than it would normally be but i think it's interesting to sort of see the downside of where our argument may fall flat in that it sometimes Mm -hmm. the music can be great and the game can still suck. Yeah, and there are a couple
1: games here that maybe aren't bad, but just, I guess I would say... Not successful, maybe
0: commercially, or yeah.
1: not maybe mediocre, you know, yeah. m- for a couple of well, these. Well,
0: definitely not living up to the quality of the music Absolutely. in some cases. Like, some of these you're going to listen to and be like, why yeah. was this wasted on this game that no one's heard of, or mm-hmm. that was just kind of poorly designed?
1: Yeah, so that was Dragon's Lair. That was composed by Mark cooksey And uh, one of the cool things about today, it's similar to our Bad Music episode, a lot of Western um, composers that we haven't heard from before. Not the typical name. Yeah, you're, you're used to hearing on this podcast a lot of names, names that we here. play
0: have pride in the projects that they're right, work right, on. <laughs> and and
1: there's a few composers here today that uh, they had some bad luck. You know, yeah. it kind of reminds me of the Fallen Brothers, where and honestly, there could have been a lot of Fallen stuff today. We're not doing a Fallen track today because we've done so much, but bad luck with what projects they were assigned to, but still put their heart and soul into yeah. those projects. Um, I think that's
0: something I really uh, admire because I can only imagine when you're working on a project like that, it's really hard. To to not think that it's amazing because you're investing mm-hmm. so much time into it. So it must be really disappointing when these games don't work out. And I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think because a game is bad, it means that people weren't trying as hard. Sometimes, you know, just yeah, and, the talent isn't there. And one of the things, if you're talking about
1: Western video game music, you know, late recently, guys, we've had some dialogue about Western versus Eastern. Really, one of the uh, places to find some hidden gems is... Are these really bad games like for the Super NES? There's a there's a soundtrack near the end of today's episode that I'm really excited to share from this really bad SNES game, uh, composed by this Western composer and just really pushing the boundaries technically of the Super Nintendo. And it's just funny that it was this obscure, terrible game that a lot of people probably never played. So let's get into it. Um, We're going to start things off with Power Rangers: The Movie. For the Game the Boy. Game. <laughs> the Game for the Game Boy. The theme um, park ride. <laughs> considered to be not a, not a good game. Uh, I think this came out for a bunch of different platforms. Was it a good movie, though? No, it was a terrible it movie. It was a bad movie, I which remember, a bad game. I though. loved it, though, when I was a kid, because I was you know at the peak of <laughs> the Power Rangers hype. I remember um, one thing I remember my dad growing up, he would never want to be late to anything. One source of pride is he always wanted to be on time. But I remember <laughs> he was nice enough to take me to the Power Rangers movie, but that was the one movie that we went late to. And I remember being so upset because I missed the first like five minutes of the Power Rangers movie But huh. looking back onto it He's a saint For taking me to that movie And sitting oh, through god.
0: that Oh god Was it made the same way As the TV show or It, it had like... all the actors From the TV show But, but it just did was Did it use like Japanese stock footage No
1: it actually I think it was all Filmed for the movie But oh, it, wow. something about that Felt weird But anyway Yeah this is Power Rangers a movie And actually This is a name we know And respect on this podcast Composed by Noriyuki Awadare. Oh dear And yeah This is a great track Very great uh, Rocking 8-bit music Let's take a listen to Stage 1, Mordant. That's a rocking track. You're listening to Stage 1 from Power Rangers the Movie for the Game Boy, and that was composed by the legendary Noriyuki Awadare. And yeah, not only is the game not very good, but even the implementation, I would say, isn't very good. Yeah. Like, these instruments don't sound very good, but the tune is great. And my yeah. favorite part is the... Dig-a-dun, 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 oh, dig-a-dun, yeah. Just The chords rocking. are
0: really interesting there.
1: Yeah, and this was a track that I've been waiting to share with you guys for over a year. I'm
0: so yeah, happy to finally... Yeah, it's super fun and catchy and it really rocks. This part... Yeah, great! Gosh, that's excellent, especially for the Game Boy. Now, what
1: what kind of series does this make remind you of most? For me, I get I definitely get some Mega Man in here. I think what there definitely
0: is some Mega Man. It's really hard to say. I, it definitely has a very Capcom kind mm-hmm. of vibe to it. Um, but I don't get any one thing in particular. I I get a little bit of Castlevania in sort Mm -hmm. of that demonic part, but I feel like we say that a lot and we attribute a lot of like just kinda dark ominous chords to Castlevania, but I really think a lot of games kinda do that. Oh yeah. Um, But this is sort of like, you know, I think really good video game music. And do you think this feels like a reminiscent of other things, but isn't like um, sounding exactly this is like a fighting game this is a scrolling
1: uh, beat-em-up similar to like Ninja Turtles uh, do you mm-hmm. think this fits this type of game this
0: kind of music I think so. I mean, it's a little bit more high energy than Mm -hmm. I feel like you typically get. Usually the music to those games, because you're not moving really fast, Mm -hmm. uh, really kind of fits the tempo of the pace of the character a little bit more. Yeah,
1: luckily, uh, in order to find this track, I found it on YouTube and I really liked the song, but the quality was crap. And in order to actually get it, I downloaded a Game Boy emulator and luckily there was a sound test Feature on oh, this game, good. so I was able to, you know, to rip oh, music that's great. from that. So, all right, let's move on to. Oh my gosh, this is a beautiful song. This is from a pretty modern game called Lair, L A I. L A uh, I R. I think it came out for the PS2 or the PS3. Uh, oh, not Lair! I Lair. thought you
0: were mispronouncing layer. <laughs> no,
1: Lair. Yeah. And <laughs> this was composed by John Debney. And we're going to listen to the main title. And this is a beautiful orchestral track that was wasted on this game uh, in some way. So here we go. Here's the main title from Lair. <laughs>
0: Carl, I thought we're not supposed to play our track of the week like a second track. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is definitely one of the contenders. Um, So much great modern tracks we have to share with you guys today. Oh, yeah, this is a game that I don't think it's terrible, but it's definitely not a very good game. Uh, And yeah, in general, I would say the music was by far the best thing about this game. Uh, This is composed by John Debney and definitely got some Eastern traditional Japanese influence in there in that last section, but what
0: a well-orchestrated, composed, performed piece of music. Very kind of like epic in nature. Uh, Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the work of the film composer Miklas Rosa, uh, who's um, sort of known for... Doing the score to Ben Hur, and he also did uh, King of Kings. Oh, you're so right about that. Yep. Just it, the way that some of those suspensions it's so resolve, epic. and just even the way that it's orchestrated, the way in which he's using the orchestra, really reminds me of that particular composer. But yeah, it, it's really quite a shame because this is um, one of the best modern orchestral video game tracks I've mm-hmm. heard in a really long time. Absolutely. and there's going to be more today <laughs> that are that are the same. So yeah, well, it's that's really good to hear.
1: It, it, it's fun. It's like when you get assigned to a project you have no idea what the game is going to be like and you put your full weight into it and you hope for the best and we think back to like tommy tallarico you know with advent rising right not a bad game but not a very good game and commercially a failure well and grant kirkhope with Mm -hmm. uh kingdom of amalur sure sure, yeah uh all right let's move on folks we're gonna move uh to the super nintendo we're gonna play a game called the lord of the rings volume one For the Super Nintendo, composed by Charles Deenan.
0: Wow, it's crazy to think of there being a Lord of the Rings video game before Before the the trilogy. That's insane. A bad. This is a bad game <laughs> here, folks. Very bad game. Composed by Charles Deenan, who did Mick Kids. Do you know if this was? Oh, I really like Charles. Charles, Dean. do you know great. if this game had any tie-in? Because they made uh, there were some uh, cartoon films made in like the. I wouldn't be surprised 70s. if it was somehow tied into that. But anyway, we're gonna play the
1: title theme from Lord of the Rings for the Super NES. Here we go.
0: This is the Lord of the Rings main theme Obviously composed by Howard Shore Uh, really? Or, uh, (laughs) uh uh, No, this is composed by (laughs) J.K. Charles
1: Dean Yeah, no, yeah, fun fact Howard actually based the musical style of the trilogy From this SNES game He's a big SNES fan no, just kidding. This is composed by Charles
0: Dean, But it's I, that would funny. make me so happy if that, that would was be true. funny. But it is funny how similar this this feels. Well, um, in instrumentation, the use of that flute, and particularly this flute sample—it's sort of like a recorder, I think, a little bit—is what it's trying to mm-hmm. do. It sounds a lot like that um, that main theme. In the Lord of the Rings, yeah. Let's, films. let's talk a little bit about the implementation of this track. Just yeah. stellar job that Charles did. This is super advanced
1: for the SNES. This, I believe, is one of the SNES soundtracks that you cannot get an SPC soundtrack for it. It's too complicated. It's too complicated. Something about the swapping of the samples. Uh, there's a few of those soundtracks, particularly by these Western guys, where they were just really pushing it in a way where you can't really emulate that. You know.
0: Yeah, it just sounds incredible. And just as far as the music goes, I'm so thoroughly impressed with all the sort of changes in rhythmic nature and also how authentic it is to that Celtic sound. Mm-hmm. We It sort of goes through a variety of movements, sort of like a theme and variation, sure. but keeping the same instrumentation, which is a very simple sort of Celtic ensemble already. But once you get into that more sort of um, dancey, jig playfulness, like... It really Mm -hmm. sort of paints a picture of that world because Lord of the Rings, that whole universe, is sort of the quintessential nerd mythology. Well, let's move on to a game called
1: Unlimited Saga. And this is definitely a bad game considered by most people to be pretty bad. This was composed by masashi hamazu and we're going to play another track by this composer we're going to play two tracks one of those composers that had some bad luck worked for i think a company that made some not very good games but wow did he ever put a lot of heart and soul into the soundtracks (laughs) so this is unlimited saga battle theme ex here we go great solo violin playing i love it with the backdrop of this kind of modern rocking video game music it's so beautiful you're listening to battle theme ex from unlimited saga composed by masashi hamazu and yeah i think that's kind of a running theme from what i've heard from hamazu's music is he likes to incorporate real violin performance i don't know if he has a friend who he just always gets to record maybe he plays violin maybe he does but yeah this is um a great track a lot of interesting colors going on here very unique for modern video very games imaginative
0: production mixing yeah. all those different elements i think in the podcast before we've played another track from unlimited saga at some right. point yeah he's a great composer you know just his his chops for really good melodic writing is
1: just very impressive yeah absolutely so let's move on here now i'm excited about this i'm going to play a track from alien 3 for the nes now alien 3 came out for all kinds of platforms and the music was pretty good for almost every single version that was released the version we're going to play was composed by jaron tell and this was a bad bad game (laughs) uh this is the ending theme from alien 3 here we go
0: theme from alien 3 yeah i'm pretty sure if the angry video game nerd reviewed this game it must be pretty terrible right <laughs> which he did yeah this is one of the games he reviewed this is composed by jaron
1: tell for the nes what are your thoughts on the implementation fallen-esque i would say the use yeah, of a little the, bit using
0: the arpeggiator i just something kind of just you sort of have to do at a certain point <laughs> but yeah so how, how low sounding. the triangle is it's mm-hmm. like It's lower than it would be audible on most speakers, but again, like, old-school TVs had a a lot of space for resonance, so that's really cool. I kind of like that. It gives it a more kind of, like, almost like a kick drum kind of sound, which is cool. You have the arpeggiator, but in general, I like the drums. I really like, you know, there's... It's obviously very noise based, so it sounds very hi hatty. But um, just, th- it's a very cool groove and a in a nice part. It really kind of punches up the song for me.
1: Great track, yeah. One um, shout out I want to give a track that was originally on this playlist that we had to cut is um, there was a, a multi cart for the NES called Action Fifty Two. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think. 52 games, right? A pretty and bad music, I thought, though. Pretty bad music, except there was one, the game called Cheetah Men. Cheetah Men was the feature game of Action 52. Which ter- a terrible, terrible game. One of the worst games ever. But the title theme, a lot of people really love the music for. Huh. I actually didn't think
0: it was that good, yeah, though. Yeah, I'm i so, familiar with that,
1: yeah, that so music. I, I, I really hate yeah, it, Yeah, I wouldn't actually. really say it's good, so I, that's why I didn't really want it. Yeah, but for a lot of people... There's
0: 52 really bad games, and mm-hmm. they reuse a lot of the same music. And it's pretty... It's, I mean, it's as... Amateurly (laughs) Designed as the Which is why It didn't make the cut So this is cool I, I
1: really like this Soundtrack And I love this Composer I would say a fairly obscure composer, definitely unsung. This is Hikoshi Hashimoto. Do you remember that name? Now, kind of, I would assume a lot of people might get a mix-up with Hitoshi Sakimoto. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, from Final Fantasy Tactics and Ogre Battle. Not that uh, devilish, not that composer. Uh, probably not as talented, but very good composer. Very unique style. Not to re- be confused also with Satoshi Kakimoto. <laughs> Kakimoto. Yeah, well, do you remember ATP Tour Championship Tennis for uh, the Genesis? Sure. There was that tennis game that had a really great catchy main theme that under sports music. Oh, okay. Music, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now this gentleman.
0: Uh this is a game for the Sega 32X. Yeah, I was actually looking at when we were making our playlist for mm-hmm. East and West. I I was looking at ATP uh-huh. because I wanted to have uh at first we were thinking, you know, about having like a western and Japanese yeah. sports Yeah. I want to play
1: another track from that sometime. But yeah, this is a 32X fighting game called cosmic carnage i've played one track you know this Mm -hmm. was an arcade game i think it may have been but it came out for the 32x i have played one track from this game before the first stage theme i really like the soundtrack a lot Hashimoto has a very interesting jazzy style that fits right at home on the genesis you know slash 32x sound chip is exactly the same this is xenolon stage fully armored here we go Really great ostinatos. Uh, This is Cosmic Carnage, Xenolan Stage Fully Armored, composed by Hakoshi Hashimoto, not to be confused with Hitoshi Sakimoto. I will say, um, I think some of this Genesis music was super influential to modern-day chiptune composers. Some of the rhythmic stuff I hear in a lot of that really cool music by the likes of Jay Kaufman, super inspired by this kind of stuff. Um, Rhythmically to kind of those latin yeah. mid-90s rhythms really great use of colors the mixture of psg and fm just so much fun this kind of music you really don't get in other generations and if you do um like you know these modern day chiptunes composers i feel like this is kind of where it all started
0: that's very very spot on uh point brother Thanks, dude. Yeah, I really like this track. Um, I wasn't completely sold on that melody at first, but by the time it looped around <laughs> I really liked it. Yeah. Because the reason why is because you got di do do and that how how it continues on. Like I kinda in my brain wanted to go like a, sort of like a typical descending B section mm-hmm. kind of melody, but how it kept moving, it definitely threw me off guard. But um, I think this is the type of song. You know, I feel like we break good video game music into two categories: things that are catchy um, immediately, and things that you kind of have to listen to yep. over and over again. And the repetition of it actually makes sort of the connections in your brain stronger, and you actually start to like yeah, it. even uh, more. If anyone hasn't remembered the track that I fr- that I played. Also, I
1: think it was called Cyclic Stage. Check that track out. It's super, super cool. All right, let's move on to a game called Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII. So a Final Fantasy VII off game, which was not good. <laughs> and this was composed by also Masashi Hamazo, the same composer we played from Unlimited Saga.
0: Not to be confused.
1: Not to be confused with Monaco Homano. Not to be confused with anyone, I don't think. (laughs) And we're going to play a really beautiful uh, piece called Calm Before the Storm. Here we go.
0: is the calm before the storm. You know, something that's just so great, something that I love in woodwind writing is when the flute is an octave above the oboe. Somehow mm. it it's like, it's this beautiful thing that happens with the sound waves where it almost like cuts out the timbre of the oboe mm-hmm. and just has this a little bit of like a layer of sound that's sort of like impenetrable. It's really incredible somehow like the flute cancels out the woodiness of the mm, oboe and it's just this very pure sound
1: yeah once again i gotta say himazu what a great gift for melody yeah. i feel like he loves to feature the violin in different ways but from almost every soundtrack i've heard from him i feel like he has a love of that instrument very knows how to write playing. for it
0: very different playing from the last track we yeah. heard this is much more subtle and very kind of cute. It's, it mm-hmm. reminds me, I'm picturing like a, a, a like a soprano, like a singer that's just mm-hmm. really kind of shy and quiet. I love the
1: way that the, there's almost no attack on some of the notes. It's just it like fades yeah. in, which is so but beautiful. It has such a personality. And hard to do on the violin. I think one of the things you get from a lot of, you know, beginner, intermediate players is kind of a eh, like a gross uh-huh. attack. And one of the hardest things is to get that blooming flower
0: It's very much like singing, you know, it's a lot of people struggle. The attack is the hardest. Mm -hmm. This is once again, Dirge of Cerberus, Final
1: Fantasy VII. All right, let's move on to, I'm really excited about this. I get to play a Donald S. Griffin track. Donald S. Griffin, uh, if you guys know this podcast, one of my personal favorite composers. I know it's kind of goofy. He's super obscure. The reason why is because he did Aladdin for the Sega Genesis which is one of my favorite soundtracks great ever. Great jazz composer. Uh, great jazz composer. Didn't do a lot, did a lot of kind of crappy games and a lot of very not popular
0: PC games. Yeah, I think games. the thing is, it really is just Aladdin. I mean, he, he's yeah. done cool music in some other games, but mm-hmm. Aladdin had such a big impact, right. I know, on yeah, all of Absolutely. And we talked
1: a little bit about it in our interview with Tommy. Tommy, you know, talked about, he remembered Donald and, you know, Donald did a great job, you know, orchestrating some of those Aladdin tunes and also doing uh, most of the original stuff. But yeah, this is from Mario's Time Machine, which I believe was an educational Mario game, which came out for a bunch of different platforms. We're gonna play. Uh, Donald composed original music for the computer, the PC version of oh, this wow. game, which it had this its came own music all
0: over. This, this was on the um, NES and the yep. SNES. Do and you know if
1: he did those? versions? No, he did not do those. I think those hmm. all had different music, and he did arrangements of Mario tunes right. in this. So. I have a folder that has all the MIDI files of this uh-huh. version. And he did an arrangement of like a theme for Mario World huh. and stuff, which is really weird to hear. But this is a theme called Magellan. So a lot of the themes are, you know, um, famous people throughout history. And right. this, is, this is Magellan. Really fun piece for Mario's Time Machine composed by Donald S. Griffin. has some Baroque chops, doesn't he? Everything that Donald does has this really classical-inspired, his part writing, so much ornamentations and flourishes, just so good. This is composed by Donald S. Griffin, you're listening to Magellan from Mario's Time Machine for the PC. Yeah, a little busy for a classical
0: guitar <laughs> part, I feel like. It's hilarious, yeah. That's With so some funny. of those ornamentations, they're just so unrealistic. Oh my gosh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, very good part
0: writing, though, and um, very authentic to that era. So authentic that it almost becomes like a parody. (laughs) Which I think was what he was going for. Do you guys remember Novato, the track I played from time where
1: I did a Genesis remix of it, (laughs) almost exactly the same as Camel Jazz. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I just have such a thing for his music. All right, let's move on now. Uh, We're going to play a track from Sonic Unleashed which came out pretty recently. It's a Sonic
0: game. Bad. It's a bad game. <laughs> I'm going to make a guess in my head what track you're about to play from this This
1: game. is Werehog Night Battle Suite. Okay, I was
0: way wrong. It's a
1: jazz big band piece of music. Oh, cool. I'm actually unfamiliar Composed with by Tomoya Otani and Mariko
0: Nanba. Yeah, this game doesn't have terrible music, yeah, actually. And this is track this is great. Music? Here we go.
1: Listening to Werehog Night Battle Suite from Sonic Unleashed, composed by Tomoyo Otani and Mariko Namba. Really fun jazz piece of music.
0: Uh, You're hearing a little piano solo that started right here. Uh, I just don't understand. This is a wonderful piece of music. I really like it. But something I just can't understand is people have treated the Mario music with a lot of reverence. And whenever Mm -hmm. they approach scoring a game, it's probably because Koji Kondo is usually the overseeing composer of it, even if he's not working on the music. It always feels like Mario. They, They know how to they know what that series is supposed to sound like but with Sonic somehow it's like after the Genesis games they completely abandoned that style of composing which to me is so integral to the experience. Like it's just so foreign to me to have all these different styles of Sonic music. Like Mm -hmm. there'll be these really bad pop songs and then there'll be some game will try like an orchestral thing and then now we have big band it's just like every game is trying to do something different and I just wish they would go back to sounding like old school Sonic and
1: you guys know how I feel about that I mean I make all these albums based on that Genesis stuff I mean that was so important to me I wish they would have kept those those traditions going but you know every now and then you do get uh, something like this which is good music it doesn't sound like Sonic it doesn't have any of the traditions but it actually sounds like Mario 3D world it sounds A lot like Mario 3D World. Yeah, this came out before that. Really reminds me of that uh, that one boss theme. Yeah, Yeah, guys, look forward to that episode coming up in a couple weeks. I think
0: the the um, in a couple weeks we're going to be doing the 3D World 3D World
1: Spotlight. Oh, can't wait for that. Cool. Let's move on to RoboCop for the Game Boy. RoboCop, Uh, the movie,
0: the game. (laughs) RoboCop,
1: the movie, the game for the Game Boy, and um, we're going to play the title theme. And this uh, reminds me, for some reason, of. The music to the movie Drive, which I I hate the movie. I don't like the movie. Really? Most people
0: really like the movie.
1: I feel like actually it's quite polarized. I know a lot of people that really can't stand it. I also do know some people that like it, but I was really not a fan of that movie. But for some reason, there's kind of some like 80s dancey, techno, nostalgic kind of music in it. And uh, here's an
0: argument I've heard for Drive that Mm. Ryan Gosling is hot.
1: Uh,. I mean, I think he's very attractive, but in that movie, I don't know. He just kind of is obnoxious. Yeah, but have you thought
0: about that Ryan Gosling is attractive? No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) I thought he was probably... That's, that's the <laughs>
0: argument people usually like to give. It's like, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But have you... <laughs> I think, think he, about this? he thinks he's really cool in the movie. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's about it. I, I don't share his opinion of his of coolness. Uh, yeah, this is the title theme to RoboCop, and it's very nostalgic and just kind of a chill, electronic so sound. Wait, is the music to drive good? Not really. Oh, but there's there's this one main theme that they play all the time in the movie, and it's it is a little bit catchy, and it's just kind of like eighties and synthie, and for some I like reason eighties and synth-y. For some reason, it reminds me of this track. This is composed by Jonathan Dunn. Here we go. Great piece of music. But Carl and I were
0: just discussing
1: Drive. I, we were the discussing time. Drive. Um, Will hasn't seen it. I kind of want him to to see what he thinks of it. But I, nobody ever wants to see a movie when it's like, "Oh, go see this." And I hated it. But. Yeah, but it's one of those movies. Quite polar- Yeah, guys, this is a cool track. But Robocop. I mean, really? This is the title theme of RoboCop? It reminds me of technology, probably because it's <laughs> on a Game Boy. It's too sweet. It's too sentimental for RoboCop. It needs to rock more. <laughs> that's, that's I true. love the song. This is composed by Jonathan Dunn, and we're going to play another Dunn track uh, pretty soon here. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. Anything else you want to say before I move on? Have you ever seen RoboCop, dude? Uh, I've seen parts of it. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. The scene where he, like, shoots the guy. Oh, yes. And that's classic. Oh, yes. Yeah that's actually I could I could go for some RoboCop. All right, now we're going to play a track. I'm so excited to share this with you guys. This is from a reboot of Alone in the Dark. Obviously not the original Lone in the Dark. This is a reboot that came out in 2008. It just had the same title, but it was a completely different game. It was was some... it based on the film by Uwe Boll? I don't know what this was based on, but it was a really, really bad action game. But for some reason, the music was incredible. The soundtrack was great. It was composed by Oliver Devereir, and it was performed by the Mystery of Bulgarian Voices. That's a female, a pretty f- famous female choir. Wow. I'm, Obviously, Bulgarian choir. And oh my gosh, is this a beautiful soundtrack? We're going to play an end for a prelude from Alone in the Dark. Story. Of how they bring back the theme that you heard with the choir, and now they bring it back with the orchestra. Some great dynamic swells and some really interesting motives in this piece that just really interesting stuff. You're listening to an end for Prelude from Alone in the Dark, composed by Oliver Devery and uh, performed by the Mystery of Bulgarian Voices, along with uh, full orchestra. Beautiful yeah, harmonies. I right? Love
0: those harmonies and the melody of those voices. They sound like they have like anti-reverb on. Yeah. Like, the the you Gorgeous. know because the orchestra is so lush and verby, but they have mm-hmm. like they sound like they're in this tiny room. But the contrast of like a very um, not very live room sound yeah. with such a lush kind of choral. It's harmony, haunting. It's it is it's very haunting from
1: a production standpoint, but also from a musical standpoint. Uh, they really sing well together, though, don't they?
0: Right. They, as a group, they sound so. Good. Oh gosh, and I love the sort of uh, Danny Elfman-ish chord mm. things. This really reminds me of what Michael Giacchino did mm-hmm. in Star Trek a little sure. bit. But it also has those Bernard Hermann. Yeah. Elements. And this
1: this was a track that I, you know, if I were to play one, I wanted to show this. But but check out this whole soundtrack because there's some brilliant stuff uh, that that this composer does in this soundtrack. Yeah, the use
0: it. of the French horns really make them sound kind of like hornets. Not no pun intended. Hornets. They kind of just hmm. sound very buzzy and coming to attack you. All right, we're going to play another Jonathan Dunn track. This is an
1: SNES track for Jurassic Park for the SNES. I played oh. this for the Genesis, which had different music. The SNES
0: version was like a top-down different game. adventure-y kind of game.
1: Different game, different music. This is Jonathan Dunn. This is a terrible game. The SNES <laughs> one is absolutely terrible. Genesis one was good pretty good game well uh, fun fact before we pl- play this i detect is, some
0: bias in there <laughs> uh
1: no i just i remember okay so we rented jurassic park for the genesis from uh. home video which was a video rental store I, that was a thing you could go to a store and rent games and um we loved it we both loved jurassic park and then marty Got some birthday money or something. Was going to go. You
0: love telling this. Was going to
1: go to Best Buy, right? to To buy Jurassic Park. That was what he was he playing. Got he was, all right, all the right, Carl, Edition. am going, and he came home with Jurassic Park Rampage Edition, which is have so been, false advertising. <laughs> Don't call it Edition. It must it's a have different been conned game. into it by some person there, and completely different game. Not nearly as good. Just way stripped down way shorter it's a
0: completely different game it was a different game
1: the word addition implies like it's an update of. it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad game we learned to love it and marty got really good at it and it still feels classic to me but the original is definitely better so anyway uh jurassic park we're gonna play triceratops trot by jonathan dunn (laughs) Another really advanced use of the sample channels of the Super Nintendo. This is such a groovy track that um, is impressive how ambient and restrained it is, you know. Um, yeah, maybe not the most amazing melodies, but it's it's able to keep your interest just with atmosphere and a really pretty well-done techno beat. The and groove and the, the beat groove. reminds me of Bastion, actually. Oh, that's so funny that you say that. This is Jurassic Park Triceratops Trot. Composed by Jonathan Dunn. If we didn't say Jurassic Park, I wonder how many guesses it would take people before they would guess this is from Jurassic Park. So I think it's from the Dave like Wise
0: school of mm-hmm. uh, composition, of oh, sort yeah. of layers
1: and ambience. Super good stuff. Oh, yeah, this is great. I'm excited to play another SNES track later. Yeah, this John Dunn doesn't have good luck for the games that he gets to work on. None yeah, of them sure are good. Awesome. Well, now, Will, you're going to love this track. This is from Army Men, Sarge's Heroes 2. Oh, I know this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a good game. Uh, this came out for the Dreamcast, the PS2, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, the main theme, which is, I think, called Boot Camp. This is a track we're gonna uh-huh. play, Boot Camp, is so good. It feels like a classic film, rousing film score theme. It was composed by Jason Tai. Uh, let's take a listen to Boot Camp.
0: transition
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a cool song it's too bad this was wasted for army men sarge's heroes 2 what the heck this is composed by jason Ty. obviously he's trying to go for indiana jones star wars superman any sort of rousing um you know film score uh it's a military quality military too, quality obviously March. too but um yeah it's it's really well done it's too bad I it was love the chords. It's
0: so video gamey. Very lush and romantic. It reminds me of the ending of Link to the Past.
1: Mm-hmm. This part's beautiful.
0: Very beautiful. Yeah.
1: Very surprising. All right, cool. Let's move on. We're actually going to move on to our track of the week. Dun, 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 dun. This is from a game called Nier, and that's spelled capital n I-E, capital R. And don't know much about this game. I don't think this is a terrible game, but definitely very mediocre, and the music is by far the best thing about it. And this is such a beautiful soundtrack. It's composed by Kaichi Okabe, with vocals performed by Emmy Evans. And this is a track called Grandma... And uh, I couldn't decide which particular track I wanted to play from this soundtrack. We decided on this one, and I think it's maybe the best track I would say the best track we're playing today, one of the best tracks I've heard in yeah, a long I love time this one. It's beautiful. so here's grandma from near) <laughs> Absolutely beautiful stuff, there, folks. This is our track of the week. You're listening to "Grandma from Near," spelled N I E R, composed by Kaichi Okabe, with vocals performed by Emmy Evans. She's done a couple other stuff too. Um, I don't think she's Japanese, but she might be based in Japan. And I think she's featured on a couple other video games. I think there's some Etrian Odyssey track, apparently that she's her voice is beautiful. Oh, beautiful! This People French.
0: would go to a war for this voice. This is gorgeous. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Will, now, uh, you were the one who made the decision. There was two tracks I couldn't decide, and you wanted to play this
0: one. Now, what what kind of jumped out at you when you first heard this? I had to do it for that uh, ever-moving piano part. Like, yeah. it not, it not only is it outlining the chords, it doesn't stop with that arpeggio. It's just one constant arpeggio, and I love it. I also love the classical ca- technique of... Uh, being in a minor key, but then going to the major one—it's so beautiful. I, now, for me, we're talking about that. For me, what emotions that conjures
1: up is mystery and wonder, yeah, and something that's like larger than yourself.
0: Yeah, I feel like it. There's almost a heightened tragic quality to oh my it, gosh. which is, I think, the the irony. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you do something like that, we like to think in um, like songs in a major key, the um, major to minor four, what that does to us. But what I think the irony is, if you're in a minor key and you make it major, it makes it to me feel more tragic yeah. which is um contrasting to what we would think you know we usually assign a major key as being happy but there's there's something kind of like terminal about mm-hmm. that
1: well now we're going to move to the NES to Fester's Quest now we yeah. don't know much about sunsoft this game, game. Sunsoft yeah th- game. this
0: game is again considered to be really really bad mm-hmm. a lot of sunsoft games didn't have the best uh reception necessarily even the batman game it's sort of like split some people like it some people think it's pretty bad yeah so this is fester's quest uh adam's family it's an adam's
1: family game obviously fester composed by naoki kadaka aliens
0: attack, (laughs) and uncle fester is who we choose to save (laughs) the world uh
1: naoki kadaka we're gonna play a track we haven't played so far on this show this is outside here we go sample is struggling on Uh, the nes i love it one bit there folks um this is outside from fester's quest composed of course by naoki kadaka it's so
0: obvious isn't it Yeah. gosh he has such a very specific compositional and you know implementational quirk uh the the instruments that he creates on the nes are very specific uh the type of delay he uses this melody here yeah, you said reminds you of flying. Reminds of zone, flying right? Right? battery Sonic. zone. I I've always thought that, you know a funny little story. I was gonna play this for our first ever show and tell but oh I decided to play blaster master instead and we've never and played that's also Sunsoft I we played a wonder. different
1: track in our Sunsoft episode from this game yeah we, probably it may be a better track in some ways but
0: this is a good one and we haven't played it and yeah this is this that, is that the pay of- sample it's like sampling an FM bass it's not it's <laughs> oh like God it's sampling yeah. like an arcade instrument Ugh. it's not sampling like an actual bass, which I think is mm-hmm. kind of cool yeah,
1: if you don't have nostalgia tied to this, it, it it sounds terrible. I mean, really if you're talking about just on technical level, it sounds like garbage. But it's so impressive that he was able to even do that on the NES. We know how limited well, I think also listening to was. it on
0: headphones right. by itself doesn't quite the, do it justice. But music you hear is, it on a TV, the music sort is of great. This
1: this game is definitely an epitome of a bad game with great music. Um, let's move on to the Lost World Jurassic Park, composed by Michael Giacchino. We've played Good. a bunch of music from this. Came out terrible the, game. Terrible game came out for the Saturn and the PlayStation.
0: Honestly, not my favorite movie either. Pretty bad film.
1: Yeah, you know what do you expect? This is a track we haven't played what so far. Mean, what do you
0: expect from Steven Spielberg? Uh, oh, that guy's from, such a
1: hack. No, I mean, what do you expect from a game based on that movie? Oh. The movie's already bad. <laughs> I thought you were saving um, Steven Spielberg. No, this is a track we haven't played. This is Base Camp Revenge. <laughs> fade this down as we talk about this. Uh, A lot of great stuff still going on. This whole track is very interesting throughout. Yeah, I feel like in this soundtrack, Michael Giacchino is establishing himself as a name of... Oh, I want to do something authentic. I want to have a great orchestral video game score. Who should I hire? Uh, I think you should probably hire this guy. You know, he did so much great work for the Call of Duty and the Medal of Honor series. This was before that, I believe. Um, Definitely. This was performed by the Northwest Symphony, which I believe is a symphony based out of Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, in a fairly, at least at this time, fairly popular and fairly cheap orchestra uh, to perform film and video game stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a great motif that we're hearing right here. That melody is used yeah. all throughout uh, this game's score. Uh, a little discouraging as a composer to hear, Michael hasn't really gotten better. He's always been great. Yeah. <laughs> as far as he's been yeah. in the public eye, he's and you know just how, been stellar. You know how Michael
1: didn't start off as a composer, right?
0: You know, yeah, He wanted he to be a director, a filmmaker. Films.
1: This is one of his first forays into orchestral music and... He's got it already. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is kind of demoralizing, isn't it? <laughs> um, it definitely doesn't sound like 20 years of improvement or right. something. Yeah. It's the
0: cool kind of demoralizing. It's the inspiring right. stuff. It's nice that
1: he had always, always had this inside of him. So now I'm excited, folks. This is that SNES soundtrack I was talking about. This is an SNES game, <laughs> you ready, called water world
0: oh do you know the movie kevin Kevin costner Costner. one of the worst
1: movies ever i think i saw this in the theater when it came out i remember i remember seeing it it was so so bad and the game is Did you know that a
0: version of this game came out for the virtual boy the console that's exclusively in red and black and it's a game about
1: the water oh my gosh that's terrible yeah this game is putrid it's it's a terrible snes game composed by dean evans nobody knows that name he's a western composer and actually this is
0: why no one's heard of him
1: Dean Evans actually his youtube channel is the one that uploaded a lot of this music to youtube yeah and he has a lot of really interesting facts about this song I originally wrote for this unused game and Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. It's like aquatic ambience times 10. As far as like really great... You should put a link to
0: his YouTube channel. Yeah,
1: I think I'll do that. Really interesting, atmospheric, vibey music. I don't know if he was inspired by David Wise or just was another one of these Western people that happened to like that music. Really great use of the Super Nintendo. I'm going to play two tracks from Waterworld. Let's start off with Map. Here we go. Uh, very restrained and understated. You'll to The Map from Waterworld, composed by Dean Evans. Bang up job, Dean. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm listening to an SNES track. You know, Will reminded me, you know, Dave and, and other people, um, primarily I would say maybe some of these more Western uh, composers, made their own custom samples for the SNES and were able to use uh, single cycle, single wave samples to have a lot more freedom with how right. they're going to manipulate them. Well, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a brilliant idea
0: of instead of, you know, having a sample with vibrato mm-hmm. and then how it have that gets manipulated when you sample mm-hmm. it, uh, can be kind of fake sounding, but, what a lot of these guys did is they would get, like, the purest, cleanest mm-hmm. sample possible and then manipulate it with the hardware. Yeah. And ironically, sort of the less sample information you have, the more realistic the sample sounded, mm-hmm. which is completely contrary to the way that we think of using samples in music Yeah, today. I just...
1: I get submerged in this yeah. track you know it
0: definitely from that dave wise school of Ugh. ambience
1: and it's, melodic it's so good and i kind of want to check into dave uh sorry dean dean evans all right now i'm going to play one more track from Waterworld. world this is mission theme one here we go Folks, you're listening to Mission Theme 1. My favorite thing is... That's a catchy little riff from Waterworld, composed by Dean Evans. Man, I just wish I would have heard more from this
0: composer. Great rhythm section. Yeah, great samples. Not really
1: much more I need to say. Um, kind of a mix between like Donkey Country and Chrono Trigger or something there. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, with sort of the ethnic percussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting stuff. So now we're going to move on to A Nightmare on Elm Street. We can't leave this episode without playing an LJN Dave Wise track, mm-hmm. right? This is a book composed by David Wise, A uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We're going to play a track we haven't played. What's the name of the track that we've played a lot? That's pretty well known. Is it like the main theme? I think it's just called Elm, Elm Street. Street. Yeah, we're I'm really glad it. we're
0: doing this because mm-hmm. I think the, the LJN games to me are like a quintessential example of bad games with good yes. music. LJN known for being um, one of the consistently worst mm-hmm. game producers. They just and they made so much. And a lot of the music so was bad. Um, some of it was bad, but I think a of lot of the good. NES stuff because they worked with Rare, right? And a lot of them were sort of developed. So a obviously,
1: bit by I read. couldn't leave this episode needed to play one of these tracks. Uh, This is House 3 from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Here we go. guys for joining us today at our look at bad games with good music this was such a blast for us we had a great time hopefully you guys enjoyed this well in a long
0: time coming you know mm-hmm. this episode this track list was prepared a, over a year, over ago, a year ago this is what we we're gonna do for April Fool's Day last year and then we had the idea to do bad music yeah
1: yeah so I'm really glad we finally got to do this stick with us guys oh, we're gonna take a bit of a break next week we're gonna
0: have another Mercado radio episode you know that's yeah. what we do when we take a week off yeah we're gonna do a sort of a little twist on that formula mm-hmm. so definitely check out next week we're yeah, gonna we're have still a gonna great give playlist you, for you you
1: know your your fix your weekly fix of video game music entertainment and then the following week we're going to be back with our very exciting
0: spotlight on super mario 3d yeah. world one so of we're our just favorite gonna soundtracks one week off mm-hmm. um just because i'm actually going to new orleans next week so
1: yeah and mario 3d world was one of our favorite soundtracks of 2013 and um it's just an outstanding some big band some orchestral some synth it's just a great soundtrack by Mahito Yokota and company some Koji Kondo tracks in there. So yeah, you guys should look forward to that. Once again, my name is Carl Brugeman. And I'm Will Brugeman. Have a great
0: week, everybody. Peace out.